Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turn to Page 20... Uh-oh, 5? 25! Yes? Yeah, 25. It doesn't say it on the screen anymore, unfortunately. It yeah. just says, I give yourself goosebumps. I give yourself goosebumps, it's true. We're looking at the alternative cover for it, but... Uh, there, there is just like this, I say standard cover, but you know, mm. the standard, the new standard cover, they, they have, uh, that one as well, but this weird one we're looking at the, the G on the, the top part of the G does look at, make it look like it says, I give yourself goosebumps. Why? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but Hey, uh, well, shop- I think we're in the, uh, I think we're contemporary to the Nickelodeon iCarly era and everyone was just trying to get in on the vine, uh, right? So it's the, I give yourself goosebumps. Yes. Yes, it's iCarly. interactive, unlike the other game books. <laughs> exactly, I iCarly famously the <laughs> the company uh, in charge of you know popularizing the iProducts. Um, yeah, iCarly came out, and then it forced Apple's hand. Yes. they had to make an iPod after that. Absolutely, uh, and then PS had to make an iToy. It was a whole thing. It's true. Wait, that was that that was EYE though, but I mean hey, I digress. <laughs> I dog though, that's a different story. Uh the book is called Shop Till You Drop Dead. I hadn't said it yet. There's well, it looks like a, a lot like um X-Men's Beast, but yep. pur- but purple. Like and I'm saying a lot like X-Men's Beast but purple, but holding some shopping bags and mm-hmm. trying to go eh, and grab you. But, he very much looks like he's uh, you know trying to defend against being tackled whilst sprinting out the store with all of these ill-gotten goods. Well, not ill-gotten. They are well packaged. He purchased yeah. them, but he's still insanely possessive of them. Yeah. We're not a security guard in the circumstance. I can tell you that much. That, he's not shoplifting. That is true. This does just look like a normal like American like Black Friday kind of uh situation. Mm. So it's just how it is so yeah just to just to inform uh but yeah i don't know i'm I'm ready i it it just has to be placed in a mall right like what else is what else is the gimmick here it has to just be in a mall yeah that's gonna be it and we will find out for certain yes on the web page bring me in beware don't read this book from beginning to end Guess what's in store for you? A midnight treasure hunt in Mayfield's Bazaar. Collect everything on the list, and you and your pal Julie can pick a prize from the store. But don't take a wrong step, because after 12, the store comes alive. Still want to shop? Look out for the evil night watchman. His eyesight is really sharp, and so are his teeth. The mannequins aren't dummies, and they hate kids who take stuff from the store. Oh, and the gargoyles on the roof? Yeah, they like to party when the moon rises. And you're invited. What's scary about that? Let's hang out with the Gagoyles. Yeah, also, like, I don't know, interesting architecture decision for a mall. Gargoyles? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Gothic architecture was phased out a significant period of time before the Mega Mall invention in America. (laughs) I Yeah, you you would think. Uh, But I will say, after hearing this Beware page, I'm actually jazzed for this. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in a treasure-based hunt inside of a mall that sounds like something that i didn't realize i always wanted but i now realize i want i have great news then what is it we're about to get into it here on page one 
Your father's it. store is not cursed. You tell Reggie Mayfield. And we're going to prove it. Yeah. Your best friend Julie agrees. This bed is a cinch. It's late at night, almost 12. You, Reggie, and Julie sneaked out of your houses to meet at Mayfield's Bazaar. You and Julie have a bet with Reggie, and you know that you're going to win. All you have to do is spend one hour in the store, one hour after midnight, that is. If you win, you get to pick anything you want from the store for free. If you lose, you have to do Reggie's stinking... <laughs> have to do Reggie's stinking maths homework for a month. I'm warning you two, you're gonna lose. Reggie insists. Terrible things happen there after midnight. You're not gonna last ten minutes. Besides, you're gonna have to deal with all of my stinking uh, homework after that. It's absolutely rotten and rancid, mommy. Ah, <laughs> uh, give us a break, Reggie. You scoff. We're sick of your stories about how the store is built on cursed ground. About how monsters come out after midnight. We don't believe any of it. Yeah. A haunted department store? Please. Julie rolls her eyes. I can't wait to pick. Julie suddenly stops talking. Her brown eyes open wide and her face grows pale as she points a shaking finger at the dark, empty store. Turn to page two. You look where she's pointing. Something is moving in one of the windows of the bazaar. Something white. A chill creeps over your skin. Is it a, a bone man? You see a flash of red. It's looking your way with its piercing red eyes. You're about to scream when the skeleton blinks and blinks again and again. His eyes look exactly like a car's blinking taillights. Oh, his eyes are a car's blinking taillights reflected in a window. And the skeleton's body is just a white curtain behind the glass. Julie must have thought it was a monster too. She's acting really nervous all of a sudden. We can still back out. She whispers. You glance around. Sorry, you glance round. The streets are deserted this late at night. Fallen leaves tumble along the pavement, pushed by a cold wind. You gaze back at the store with its dark windows and creepy stone carvings and pillars. It looks eerie in the light of the full moon. Maybe the stories are true. Turn to page three. What? It's a full moon night. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, um, just like... Way. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's a good thing to keep in mind. No werewolves were mentioned in the beware, though, but still. Exactly. That's because they're secret. Uh, then you get a grip on yourself. The store isn't cursed. Don't worry. You reassure Julie. Those are just stories. And there's two of us besides. You add with a grin. Think of the prize. I'm going to pick a stereo or maybe some rollerblades. Yeah. I want a snowboard. Julie nods so hard her dark curls bounce. All right, let's go. <sighs> You'll be sorry. Reggie warns you, shaking his head. I mean, I've left instructions inside. You and Julie climb the marble stairs to the front door. Julie unlocks it and pushes the door open. Stay calm, you order yourself, as you peer into the shadows. You step into the store, glass cases line the aisles, Dim lights shine on their contents. Jewelry, sunglasses, watches. Cool. Julie dashes over to one of the cases. Splotches, watches. I'll borrow one and put it back before we go. Good idea. You reply. That way, we'll be sure to get out of here in exactly an hour. 
you spot a cardboard sign taped to another case. This one must be from Reggie. You call, pointing to it. Turn to page four to read the sign. Oh. Julie buckles the splotch watch. Okay, is this... This has to be a thing. Like, a, is this like a 90s thing? Or is it just like... What is this? It has to be, it has right? To be? Like a... Like, like, a, like it's a snap wristband watch kind of situation, perhaps? Splotch watch. No, I don't... No? No, it's a Goosebumps thing? It's just a, it's just a Goosebumps thing? Yeah, I think it's just a Goosebumps thing. Okay. Uh, Julie buckles the splotch watch onto her wrist and walks over. You both stand reading the sign. It says, go to floor one. Or, oh. Mm. Is that a one or a seven? You ask Julie. I can't tell. Ah, Reggie sure has lousy handwriting. Julie grumbles. Isn't the floor we're on now floor one? No, this is the main floor. You tell her. Well, do you want to try the first floor or the seventh? She gazes at you, waiting for an answer. To explore floor, explore floor seven, turn to page 60. To check out floor one, turn to page nine. Uh, hmm. Let me see. Let me get my handy dandy write down the pages we ha will have been to and figure it out. Mm. Okay. So... Uh, we you know. don't really get a huge amount of information from the sign, unfortunately. It is it is the ambiguous one. That is to say, it has a, a, a little, little bit of a divot coming down from the top and a central straight line. But I don't know, is that a seven on its axis? This is why I always cross my sevens, to make mm. sure I never find myself in a situation where I doom my friends to be on the wrong floor of a haunted mall. This is why I never partake in handwriting of any kind. Ah, uh, right, that's that's safer. Because I have <laughs> accidentally doomed many friends, but never to abandon malls and being on the wrong floor. Exactly, but exactly. always as a result of my handwriting. For what it's worth, what does it look more like to you? It looks to to me. I, I, I <sighs> certainly I certainly see a certain number more than another. <sighs> you know, I gotta be honest, it looks like a one to me. More it looks than like a seven. one to me more than a seven as well, so Let's do it. That's on uh, checkout floor one on page nine. It's also easier because then I can just scroll to it easy. All right. We might as well start on the first floor. You tell Julie. It's the closest one. Sounds good to me. Julie points to a large old-fashioned lift with polished brass doors. Let's take the lift. As the doors slide open, you spot a big brand new duffel bag inside the lift. Then you notice a piece of lined notebook paper taped to the wood-paneled wall. Read it on page 122. It's from Reggie, you declare, plucking the note off the lift wall. It must have more instructions. To prove you've explored the whole store, you have to bring me one thing from each floor. Are you, just, are you referring to a mall as a store? It's not... Mm. I already, this is clearly a monster. That's, I, I've never once called, hey, do you want to go to the, the Mall of America? It's my favorite store. Like, it, no. It is cons I, consists of store. It does consist of stores. However, there are multi-floor department stores occasionally in there. Is it possible we are in a single store? 
Oh. Within the Fuller Bazaar. Uh, yes, but I reject it because that makes my point moot. And I don't like that. Fair point well made. Uh, Julie reads over your sh shoulder. She picks up the duffel bag. This must be to pull all the stuff in. Cool. You exclaim. This will be fun, just like a scavenger hunt. Yeah, but look at what he wants us to get on floor one. <laughs> Julie points at the notebook paper. It says, a man's leg. You swallow hard. Foof. I don't like the way that sounds. You mutter. A man's leg? What does that mean? Julie's forehead wrinkles. You shove the note into the pocket of your denim jacket. There is only one way to find out. You say. Then you press the button for the first floor. Turn to page 132. A man's leg. Buddy, we're getting a mannequin. A oh! Man a man's akin leg? Mm-hmm. The lift glides upwards. The doors open onto floor one. You and Julie step out into the dimly lit men's clothing department. A dozen man akin stand on a nearby platform, modeling blazers, sweaters, and suits. Where are we supposed to get a man's leg? Julie wonders out loud. Let's just take a leg from one of these mannequins, you declare. They're men? Sort of? Julie grins. Oh, perfect. That's just what Reggie, uh, Reggie must have had in mind. Uh, excuse me, sir. You joke, strolling over to a mannequin in a black dinner jacket. I need to borrow your leg. Then you crouch beside the mannequin. You twist its left leg out of the plastic socket and slide it from the trousers. A cold, strong hand suddenly grabs your arm. The hand is smooth and shiny. You glance up in shock. It's the mannequin. Its face peers down at you coldly. Give me back my leg? The plastic dummy moans. Hurry to page 95. You can't believe it. The mannequin has come to life. Give me back my leg. Now! The dummy roars. It sneers. Your heart races with fear. Reggie's stories are true. The store is cursed. The plastic man grips your arm tightly, but you don't let go of the leg in your other hand. Julie! You yell. Catch! You toss the leg to Julie. Give it back! The mannequin shouts. Julie's scream startles you. Oh no! She cries. They're all coming to life! What do we do? She's right. Mannequins all around the floor are stretching as if waking up from a long nap. You yank your arm out of the mannequin's tight grasp and he falls over, crashing into the ground. Help! The mannequin in the dinner jacket yells. These punks took my leg! Slowly, all the mannequin's heads turn to you and Julie. Get them! The fallen one commands. With jerky robotic movements, the big plastic mannequins step off their platforms and they lurch towards you and Julie. Turn to page 53. Quick! I mean, we Get are them, the... the fallen one commands. I, I love that line. It could I know. easily be in so many different books. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking the exact same thing. It sounds a lot more metal than it is yeah! in, this, in this circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> but uh we're we're the we're the baddies in this scenario for sure 100 percent. we didn't even give it back the dude is just like excuse me sorry i understand you might not be familiar you have stolen my leg and we're like julie take the leg and run K 
catch cheese it <laughs> it's just like it we are the we're not in the right like no i can't give you back your leg living creature i need a snowboard um, you don't understand i stole this fair and square <laughs> uh, you run over to julie and the two of you huddle together clutching the leg your body trembles as the tall mannequins lurch closer uh-huh. Julie squeaks. The mannequins stride closer and closer, their plastic eyes glaring at you. Soon you'll be surrounded. Let's make a run for the lift. Julie whispers. Okay. You reply. Or we could just give them back the leg. Maybe they'd let us go. I'll do whatever you want. Julie decides. But whatever we do, let's hurry. Give us the leg! One of them shrieks. They begin chanting. Give, Give us, us the leg! They step closer. Give, Give us, us the leg! leg! They reach towards you. Hands come at you from every direction. Quick, decide. Do you want to give them the leg or do you want to make a run for it? I mean, you know. Let's return the leg. We were 100% correct. We already spoke about the fact that we were immoral leg stealers. And we are now being given an opportunity from on high to repent. I, I'm way ahead of you. I agree. I'd be upset if this is wrong, because then I'm just gonna, oh. I'm just gonna go out and steal a leg in real life because I learned the wrong lesson. Yeah, exactly. If I give them back the leg and they beat me to death with it, then I'm just gonna have to go around stealing everyone's legs because otherwise someone's gonna club me. Yeah, it's the only thing. It's the only thing I could possibly learn from this. Hmm. Give us the leg. The mannequins moan. You want it? You got it! You scream. With all of your strength, you hurl the leg at the attacking mannequins. Three of them between you. Wait. Three of them between you and the lift topple over like... Oh, sorry. Three of them between you and the lift topple over like bowling pins. Steer right! Way to go! Julie cheers. It's the break you need. Okay, it's more of a spare, considering the fact that Strike is all of them in the same... <laughs> Come on, Julie, let's go! You yell, racing into the lift. She jumps in behind you and jabs at the door close button. The mannequins are crawling over each other to get to you. Close doors, close! Julie pleads, pounding the button. A big mannequin in a jogger's outfit reaches the lift just as the doors glide closed. He jams his leg into the narrowing gap. Julie gasps, but the doors are too powerful, and with a crunching snap, the leg comes off. The doors close. We made it! You exclaim. And we got our leg! Julie adds, picking up the mangled mannequin limb. Hop on to page 89. Hey, we, we did it. That, that's yeah, a great it feels like it basically did just want to absolve us there. Yeah, mission failed successfully. Yeah, we swapped a stolen leg for, I guess, a, an abandoned leg, an it's, offered leg. It's like, uh, you know, we wa It's like we washed money, you know. We set up a. Mm. It's like that. Dummies coming to life. You gasp, wiping the sweat off of your forehead. Uh, the stories about this place are true. Julie shudders. That was too weird. You nod. What's waiting for us on the other floors, you wonder? Julie must be worrying about the same thing. Should we still try and win the bet? She asks. 
Or should we just get out of here? I'm not sure. You reply. You think it over for a moment. Fighting the mannequins was frightening, but you escaped. You can still win. You just have to stay in the store for... You glance at Julie's splotch watch for another... Eh, 50 minutes? I want my prize. You declare. Let's win the bet. Excellent! Julie cries. She kneels on the floor and opens the new duffel bag. She shoves the leg inside. Which floor should we try next? You ask Julie. We don't have to go in any special order. Julie reminds you. But we do have to go to all of them. Let's look at Reggie's note again. Turn to page 99 to see Reggie's note with the master list of floors. You pull the note out of your denim jacket and unfold it. To prove that you explored the whole store, it says that you have to bring Reggie one thing from every floor. Floor one, a man's leg. Floor two, poisonous perfume. Floor three, heart attack backpack. (laughs) Floor four, baby booties. Floor five, silver arrow. Floor six, volcano steam. Floor seven, final showdown. I will say, in hindsight, Mm -hmm. the writing on the seven looks a lot more like the note a hundred percent agreed and i think that means that what we're supposed to when you're ready for the final we can't be ready for the final showdown right but it said go to floor seven um i mean i'd say huh to be fair i do i am i'm certain that the floor seven would have to be like floor one versus floor seven right away would be which of the two paths are we taking in the book? Oh. Uh, so maybe, yeah, yeah, okay. maybe since we are, we picked floor one, it like retcons is like, yeah, well, that's the right way to go right now. You know, but so I, don't, I don't know. I feel like it would be cheating if we went to the final showdown right now because it says when you're ready for it. Uh, but it also says you don't have to go in any particular order. Pick a floor, any floor. Remember, you don't have to go in any particular order when you are ready for the final showdown, which, yeah, the, the, is it possible to decide that at any point? I, I'm just so curious because, like, this would be a really, really cool example of them using an earlier puzzle where you did not really have a choice and a later puzzle to then add the choice back into the original puzzle. I, I'm so intrigued by the possibility that I'm, I might be blinded by this. I know, I'm just so, I'm so afraid to cheat. You know, like, I'm, I don't. (laughs) I wonder. Okay. We do have a man's leg already. Now, there is also a pattern here, right? Floor two is page 22, three, 33, four, 44, et cetera, so on and so forth, right? So, if I recall correctly, we didn't get to floor one from page 11. I can't I can't recall but I don't think so. Yeah. But mm. it's also was like the only one that on this pathway through that we had to do. Cuz like Very true. Very we couldn't true. after we decided that it was a 1 and not a 7, we had no choice 
but to do it. And now maybe it's just for like clean, like cleanliness. I don't know. I don't know. I'm fine with anything. I'm cool to just go down the list two, three, four and see what happens. Let's uh, do it. All right. All right. Let's go to page. I think that's certainly going to be the most content rich thing. Like, I think it's entirely possible that going straight to 77 from this position is like your Far, you know, far Cry 4 ending yeah. of staying, sitting for 10 minutes and then getting the credit cut scene. And it's like, oh, that's cool. But like, I kind of would have wanted to play the game. Yeah. Uh, let's, we'll go to 22. Here we are. Poisonous perfume doesn't sound that hard. Julie suggests. Let's get that. You press the button for floor two. You don't think it's really poison, do you? Julie laughs. <laughs> Maybe Reggie just thinks all perfume smells like poison. The lift lurches into motion and then clunks to a halt. As the doors slide open, you and Julie prepare yourselves for an attack. But everything seems quiet and still. Over there, Julie whispers. She points to a glass table covered with perfume bottles in different shapes and sizes. Look at them all! You exclaim. How are we supposed to find the bottle on Reggie's list? Just grab one and let's go! Julie replies. All we have to do is prove we've been here. But the perfume, maybe one of the perfumes rather, is called poisonous perfume. You argue. And if we don't give Reggie that one, we lose the bet. If we don't hurry up, we're going to lose the bet anyway. Julie retorts, tapping her foot impatiently. You stare at the hundreds of bottles, wondering what to do. To look for poisonous perfume, turn to 71. To grab any bottle and keep going, turn to page 26. Perfume's oh. not poisonous by default. What is this nonsense? Get to 71. We're looking for a particular perfume. Also, it's capital P, poison perfume. Yeah, it really, it seems... Um, Proper nouned. Mmm, exactly. Poisonous for when you'd like to die. What on earth? Here we go. 71, that's it. Just give me a minute. You tell Julie. I'm sure I can find the right bottle. Okay. Julie agrees reluctantly. But remember our one hour deadline. If you can't find the right bottle soon, just grab any old bottle and let's go. It's a deal. You promise. Uh, you have 60 seconds to find the poisonous perfume in the maze above. Uh, time yourself. Hold on. Don't start. Don't start. 60 second timer. Okay. Uh, get ready and go. Okay. I've reached a dead end. A I've reached a dead end. I've reached a dead end. It's, it's a maze. It's like a legit. I found like it. A, Oh. It's the one you're on right now. Well, then I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> that took you 20 Boom. seconds. Uh, if you took longer than a minute, nope. Uh, if you found the bottle in time, turn to page 91. Obviously, it's easy. You just go over all of the lines. Yeah, you just jump. Just, just press A <laughs> to jump over the wall. I don't understand it. You can just go into a hedge maze with a machete. They don't stop you. <laughs> yeah, why would Very they? Very few people stop you when you're holding a machete. <laughs> you found the poisonous perfume. Excellent. Julie congratulates you. You grab the bottle and slip it into your pocket. Bam. One of the bottles on the table explodes. Glass and perfume spray at you and Julie. Whoa. You cry backing up. Why did that bottle explode? Pop. Another one blows up. There must be something wrong with them. 
Julie declares, covering her head with her hands. Pop, boom. More bottles burst open. Tiny slivers of glass fly everywhere. What's happening? You exclaim. Do you think taking the poisonous perfume caused this? Let's not try to figure that out right now. Julie cries. Let's just get out of here. You turn to follow Julie when a huge display bottle explodes, spraying you right in the face. Ah! You wail. The perfume's blinding me! You blink rapidly, your eyes water like crazy. You gasp for breath, but the perfume-filled air is choking you. Hurry! You hear Julie shout, but you can't even see where she is. Flip to page 11 before you choke. Bam, pop! Boom! Perfume bottles start exploding all around the room. You've got to get to the lifts fast. But how? You can't see a thing. The smell is so sickeningly sweet, you feel as if you might faint. You drop to your knees and start crawling. When you reach a wall, you stand up and grope around with your hands. You feel a switch for a fire alarm, and it gives you an idea. If you pull the alarm, the sprinklers will come on, and that would clear the perfume out of the air so you could see your way to the lift. But it might also alert the fire department, then you'd be in even bigger trouble. Maybe I should just use the wall as a guide to feel my way to the lift, you think? Bang, zap. Zap? What the? More bottles are breaking. Do something quick. To pull the fire alarm, 119. To feel your way to the lift, 83. Uh, I mean, they've given us a reason why already to assume we don't want the fire department, but I don't know. I'm fine with either. I've never pulled a fire alarm. Neither. And there's but maybe also, a good like, reason. Is it possible that, you know, water in this area is going to be a negative thing for us? Maybe it, uh, maybe it, it assists in uh, aerosolizing more of the poison from one of the perfumes or something like that? Or, or glass shards are all just flopping around all over the wet floor or something like that? I, I'm trying to think if there's any mm. push one way or the other here. I can't really discern one. I, I kind of feel like, I mean, here, let me just write it down. 11, you go to three. Excuse That's me. not my fault. The coaster came with my cup, and then it decided not to come with my cup uh, anymore at a very inopportune moment. So, let's see. How can I deduce that into an answer for our question here? Let's just go to the, let's feel our way to the lift. I think so. It's the first it's, of the options yeah. in that it is sequentially first, 83. Yeah. You feel your way along the wall. The flowery smell gets thicker and thicker and thicker. You fall to your knees, drowsy with the sweet scent. You fall to your hands and bikes. There, we can go for a throwback. <laughs> uh, you fall to your, your hands and bikes, drowsy with the sweet scent. You Just before you shut your eyes and drift off, a hand grabs your arm. You glance up and see a pair of brown eyes, and it's Julie. She's tied her scarf over her nose, and she looks like a bandit. But the smell isn't getting to her. She drags you towards the lift. You fall through the doors and collapse onto the lift's floor. Are you okay? Julie asks, yanking off the scarf. The doors slide close, muffling the sound of exploding bottles. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. You reply. You sneeze three times, and then take a deep breath. Choo-choo-choo. <gasps> I managed to hold on to the poisonous <laughs> perfume. You pull the bottle out of your pocket. You aren't sure why, but it didn't explode, luckily. 
Well, if we would have just grabbed one randomly, it would have exploded in our hands. Mm -hmm. Julie exclaims. She stashes the bottle in the duffel bag. Now let's go to another floor. Page 99. Page 99 and pick another floor so we know we can just go to 33. Yeah, that is true. But I Time to get a heart attack backpack. That's absolutely going to be a mobile defibrillator, right? Something like that. Ooh, that's that'd be fun. Floor three, heart attack backpack. You read from Reggie's note. What is that? Who knows? Julie answers. But I guess we'll find out. She presses the button. As the lift moves to the third floor, you put your hand on your heart. Yep, still beating, and you hope a heart attack backpack won't do anything to change that. The lift's doors slide open and your eyes land on a wall of backpacks. A glowing neon green one hangs in the middle. You step closer to read its label. Heart attack backpack. The backpack seems to pulse slowly. Thump, 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 like a heartbeat. You're suddenly dying to wear the backpack. You can't resist. You reach your hand out. Hey! Julie calls. Wait up! Hold on! But you ignore her. All you care about is the backpack. Touching the backpack. Wearing the backpack. Settling down with the backpack. <laughs> Starting a family with the backpack. Turn to page 24. Raising a couple of bum bags. <laughs> you gaze lovingly at the glowing green backpack. Oh, You run your hands over its cool plastic mesh. Okay, excuse me? This is getting... Uh, you pick it up and slip it onto your back. Ah, it fits so snugly. You can feel the glow... What? You can feel the glow through your sweater. Thump, 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 thump. Julie rushes up to you. Why are you grinning like an idiot? She asks. She snaps her fingers in your face. Hello? She shouts. Can you hear me? Snap out of it! You ignore Julie. You're in a happy daze. You love the backpack. And the backpack loves you. The backpack is hugging you. It's hugging you very hard. Actually, it's squeezing you. Tight, tight, tighter. Ah, you can't breathe. Turn to page 73 before it's too late. The heart attack backpack is squeezing your lungs, not your heart. You managed to take a deep breath. Whew. The backpack had you under some kind of a spell, but you're okay now. Is it too late to escape? Help me. You croak to Julie. The backpack grips you tighter and tighter. Your heart begins to beat faster and faster and faster. Thump, 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 thump. Now you understand why it's called a heart attack backpack. You're going to have a heart attack if you don't get it off. You fumble with the buckles. They're stuck. Your eyes dart around. Dart, sorry, dart round. You spot a bucket of baseball bats. Julie could try and to prize the backpack off of the bat. Or you could try and cut the straps if you can find something sharp in time. Thump, 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 thump. Make up your mind. Well, you still can. To use the bat, 14, to look for something sharp. Page 120. Now, I'm no Rhodes Scholar. I'm no brain surgeon. I'm no rocket surgeon. I'm no brain scientist, etc. So on and so forth. But I would want to use the bat in order to create something sharp. So I wonder which option does that fall under? Because I do think the answer may be something along the lines of use the bat in order to break glass, use the glass to... Yeah, I think Ultimately, that would... I think I want something sharp. I think that would lead to 120, but also I'm like... I'm thinking of backpack on back, and then I'm mm. thinking of me attempting to remove a backpack from somebody using a baseball bat. 
Yeah. And I don't understand how. So Okay, so I, I know how, right? Um so uh have you ever watched the film Saw One? Nope. Too okay. spooky. Have you ever watched the film Saw Two? Absolutely, I love it. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it is much better. Uh <laughs> This may not necessarily be directly relevant to you, so this is more of a pitch towards the audience, but this is this is the option for getting one's foot out of the manacles without cutting it off. Mm. I think the point is they would have to beat you into a pulp and then remove the backpack from your uh, pulpy remains. Gotcha. Mm. So I think that something sharp might be a slightly better option for us. I, Let's uh, toddle over to 120. I could just, like, I can see the logic of how this gets to... Oh man. Mm. Gets to where we need to go. Don't have a lucky break. 120. Need something sharp. You gasp to Julie. To cut it off. The backpack gives a hard squeeze. You're getting so dizzy that the room spins. With tiny dots appearing in front of your eyes, you and Julie dash behind the counters and plow through the drawers. The pressure from the backpack makes it almost impossible for you to keep going. Can't find anything. You hop and puff. Me neither. Julie yells. You can hardly breathe. You fall to your knees, then to your side. The backpack chokes you so hard it feels as if your heart is pounding through your throat. You need a lucky break. Fast. If you've already visited floor 5, turn to page 40. If you've not been to floor 5, turn to page 12. How dare. You told me to go to the game. I mean, okay. So, let's go to... 12. I mean, yeah, let's go to 12, but I'm going to write down 40 with an asterisk. <laughs> mm. Okay. We haven't got the blue key to go to 40 yet. We have that on uh, floor five. Yeah. Where's luck when you need it? Not on the third floor with you, Julie, in the heart attack backpack. I can't find anything sharp on the whole floor. Julie shouts to you. M maybe there's time for me to go to another. Her voice trails off as she stares at you. You look back weakly. Your heart feels as if it has burst and now it's too weak to beat. Your body goes limp. The backpack releases your neck and shoulders as it hops onto your belly. As your vision grows dim, you can make out Julie as she stumbles over to you, staring at the backpack. Julie's eyes are glazed. Oh no, you realize she's under the spell of the heart attack backpack. It must be calling to her just as it did to you. You wish you could help her, but your heart is about to give out. You know what Julie's thinking. Where the backpack backpack is my friend the backpack loves me too bad for julie that backpack is a real heartbreaker the end so so let's go to page 55 i guess uh to go to floor 50 no i think we have to try and use the baseball bat to prize this from oh our back. wait See if that is an available option so hold on so that was so what was that so that was 73, so that's yes, 14. Use the man on page 14. So this is back when the uh, backpack had gone on us for the first. What? Here you go. Here you go. Get it off me. You pant to Julie. Press it off with one of those bats. As Julie runs for a bat, you hear a zipping noise. Ow, something's tugging at your hair. Glance over your shoulder and you can't believe it. The zipper to the main compartment is open and the backpack is crunching your hair. It burps. The sides of the compartment smack together like lips. Then the mouth of the backpack widens. You strain away from the zipper teeth, but the backpack tightens its hold. Its mouth gapes open and swallows your head. Looks like you've lost your battle with the backpack. But the backpack is happy. In the short time it's spent with you, it's definitely gotten ahead. 
the end. All right, so we're going to go to yeah, 55. I like the end slightly better. I guess we have to go to 55. The only choice was to go to the right floor first. That deep word. My tummy is all tightened because of this. Let's go to floor five, sporting goods. I think it's going to be a good idea. We might need something sharp in the future. Yeah, of course. We all know that, Julie suggests. Uh, it shouldn't take us long since I know my way around that floor. I was there with my mom last week to pick up new studs for soccer. Did you notice any silver arrows? You ask her. Because that's what we need to get. I remember an archery display. Julie replies. The lift door slides open on the fifth floor. Follow me. You follow Julie past a rack of basketballs. Past some hockey sticks, past some skipping ropes, and finally you see it. A big stand filled with all kinds of bows and arrows. There are even some leather quivers to hold said arrows. The hairs on your arms prick up all of a sudden, and your stomach feels jittery. You're being watched, and you just know it. Let's find a silvery arrow and get out of here. You whisper. Zam! A glistening arrow zips right by your head and thunks into the wall. Someone... Or something is shooting at you. Race to page six. Now, I heard that incredulous laughter there for a second, but uh, the onomatopoeia for a glistening arrow specifically is actually Zam. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I don't know what you were talking about. Zip. Zam. <laughs> arrows fly at you and Julie. <laughs> what? Zip? They have crystalline arrows as well? Take cover. You shout. You drag Julie behind a big pyramid of basketballs. Bang, bang. What? Oh, arrows pierce the basketballs, popping them. Who's shooting cannonballs at us? <laughs> Julie's voice trembles with fear. Your heart pounds as you peer around the balls. Sorry, peer round the balls. This is messing me up. Peer round the balls. You spot the shooter. He's an old-fashioned archer wearing a waistcoat and leggings. On his head sits a pointed hat with a long curved feather in it. Bam, bang. Two more basketballs pop, and your heart jumps. He, he looks crazy. You tell Julie. What should we do? I can think of two things. She answers. We could hold up a white flag and call our truce, or we could try and knock him on the head with these baseballs. Basketballs. Basketballs. <laughs> <laughs> First time reading that label, Julie? He'll probably shoot us if we try and surrender. You mutter. Then again, I've never heard of using basketballs, you said, <laughs> as weapons. Well, I don't hear you coming up with any great plans, and we gotta do something. Julie whispers. To surrender, flip to page 107. To hit the archer with basketballs, dribble to page 16. I I just can't imagine surrender when the first thing he did was, like, take a shot. Yeah, I, I this is another situation where I will be upset if surrendering is correct. <laughs> well, actually, the correct answer will have been go to floor six first. Mm, so. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, to just get silver arrows there instead. So do you want to go to page 16 <laughs> and be upset when it's wrong? Let's do it. Great. <laughs> nah, don't, don't let that spoil it for you, friends. Let's knock his block off with the baseballs. You, just, you declare. Julie nods. You grab a ball and start to stand up. A hand wraps around your neck. Yikes, the evil archer has each of you by the back of the neck. While you and Julie were plotting, he sneaked around, sneaked round behind you. Planning to steal my arrows, were you? He booms. No, we were just... You begin. Silence! The archer commands. He releases his tight hold on you and Julie. 
Now, run! Huh? He's letting you go? One glance is his mean face, and you figure you'll just keep the question to yourself. You and Julie start a race for the lift, and an arrow flies by your left ear, then another zings over Julie's shoulder. Now you understand, the archer is tired of his usual targets, and he wants some moving ones. You should take the advice of these little plastic birds from the shooting gallery, and duck the end. Well, we don't die. Okay, okay, wait! Hang on, you should take the advice of those little plastic birds from the shooting gallery and duck. I don't, by just existing, I don't give people the advice, human. Yeah. A human being? Person, actually. Yeah. I mean, if anything, like, I would give, like, don't human. <laughs> exactly. I'm a person, not a parable. Yeah. Well, 107 instead since let's, surrendering, I guess, is right. Let's try to make peace with him. You tell Julie. The basketball idea is not going to work. Your stomach feels as if it's twisted in knots. Do you have anything white we can wave? Yeah. Julie replies. She pulls out a used crumpled up tissue out of her pocket. Wave this. Gross. You grasp the dirty tissue with the tips of your fingers and wave it above your head. The steam of air, stream of arrows stops immediately. We surrender! Julie shouts. Yeah, we give up. <laughs> yeah, we give up. You call. Please don't shoot us. Present yourselves! The archer shouts. You and Julie scuttle out from behind the stack of basketballs. Half the balls are deflated. There's so many arrows sticking out of them that the display looks like a giant orange porcupine. The archer strides upon you... And Julie, Young restabouts, he barks. Why have you entered my domain? Well, he's waiting. Hurry up and explain on page 48. The archer raises an eyebrow and crosses his arms. He's waiting to hear why you're on his floor. It's, it's the bed we made with Reggie Mayfield. You stammer, your heart thumping. We have to get one thing from each floor in the store. We need a silver arrow from sporting goods. I, I know it's stupid, but we want to win. The archer lets out a howl of laughter. <laughs> How rich. He chuckles. When I was a lad, I made similar wagers with my chums. We young scallywags ruled the village. What's he talking about? Julie whispers to you. He's talking about when he was a kid? You explain. You understand the archer because you read a lot of books. You have good vocabulary. I say, the archer exclaims. His expression grows deadly serious. How do you understand the most advanced diction that I use, such as the words scallywag and similar? <laughs> and secondary query, does this wager mean you'll confront the deep, fierce beast on the seventh floor? Fierce beast? chill runs down your spine. Turn to page 57 to find out more. We do have to go to floor 7. You tell the archer. It's called the final showdown in our instructions. Is there some kind of beast up there? You try and keep your voice calm, but it quavers. Oh, my dear friends, you shall face the scourge of mankind on the 7th floor. Perhaps if you're strong and wise, you'll emerge victorious. Perhaps. Huh? Julie asks. He says... What is it? 
what is so difficult about this? He says we'll beat the monster on the, maybe we'll beat the monster on the seventh floor. You translate for her. <laughs> maybe. Allow me to aid in a small way. The archer offers. Take this silver arrow and magic chain, you'll need them. The archer hands Julie an arrow and an ancient-looking scroll. Julie stows them in the duffel bag. Sir, we cannot thank you enough. Julie, he said take the silver arrow and magic chant. You will need them. <laughs> you bow. It seems like the right thing to do. Oh, yeah. Julie adds. I did get that one. Thanks a lot, <laughs> sir. Farewell, young adventurers. The archer shouts. Then he dis disappears behind a rack of ice skates. <laughs> you and Julie step back into the lift to pick another floor. So we got five. So let's zip back to page 40, which is where we were in the peril uh, with the backum pack. Mm, I, are you sure? I think we need to go slightly earlier than that, do we not? Uh, it looks right here to me. Oh, sorry, no, 40 is the answer for we have the sharp thing from yes. floor five. So we are yeah. directly picking up off we have the sharp thing. This is a lucky break. Yes. I know. Julie shouts. She slaps her forehead. We already have a sharp thing, the silver arrow. She yanks the arrow out of the double bag and races to you. Julie saws the straps of the backpack with the arrow tip. The backpack goes crazy, thrashing wildly, drags you across the floor. The straps of the backpack whip around as it throws you from side to side. The plastic buckles smack your face, and it clings even tighter to you. A tight death grip. You've got to get it off now. You grab the arrow from Julie. You glance over one shoulder and plunge the arrow into the center of the backpack. <laughs> the backpack emits a sickening, eerie shriek, gives a final wild thrash, and then goes limp. You yank it off and hurl it onto the ground. You did it! Julie exclaims. I didn't stab it because I was afraid I'd hurt you. You gingerly pick up the lifeless backpack and thrust it into the duffel bag. Ooh, bag and bag. <sighs> Let's get off this floor. You pant as you and Julie head for the lift. And let's not forget our one-hour deadline. Uh, so go back to page 99 for another floor. So basically page 44, 44 or 66. 44. All right. <laughs> Baby booties? Julie reads from the list. That sounds easy. Let's go to floor four. Gee, I'm pretty scared of baby booties. You joke. Oh, me too. <laughs> Julie adds, pressing the floor. A couple of oh, Joe. Oh, oh, okay. Jump that. Oh, I thought I messed up. Julie adds, pressing the floor four button. A couple of pairs of baby booties ganged up on me in an alley once. They tickled me pretty bad. You're both snorting and giggling as the lift doors open. You step onto the fourth floor. The baby clothes department is right in front of you, and you immediately spot three cardboard figures, a mom, a dad, and a baby. And the baby is wearing little knit slippers. Perfect. It's like taking candy from a baby, you say, grinning. As you lift up the display box, or the display baby, to pluck off the slippers, you notice something strange. It's coated in silver glitter. The glitter that sticks... Is, wait, the glitter sticks to your left arm and you feel a tingling. The prickling feeling spreads to your arms and chest. Are you okay? Julie asks with concern. You look a little pale. You gasp as your chest tingles. Something... Oh, uh, 
gasp as your chest tingles. This page is just a mess. <laughs> Something terrible is happening to me. Race to page 104. <laughs> your, your whole body is prickling. You collapse to the soft carpet. Now you feel as if you're being crushed by a steamroller. You're flat! Julie shrieks. You're as flat as a pancake! You're cardboard! You try to groan. Every muscle hurts. No sound comes out. You lift up your hand and stare in horror. It's flat. If you didn't know before, you do now. This is a cursed store. <laughs> and you are its victim. Somehow you turn into cardboard just by touching that baby figure. You remember that glitter on the baby. Maybe it was magic. Julie covers her eyes. I can't look. She groans. Tell me it's not happening. You gaze helplessly up from the floor at Julie. Then your new cardboard eyes widen in terror. You wave your flat arms, trying to signal to Julie, but it's no use. Her eyes are still covered. She doesn't see the mother and father cardboard figures creeping up behind her. Flip to page <laughs> 35. They're gonna steal your third dimension. No! If the parent figures get that glitter on Julie, she'll turn into cardboard too. The father reaches his stiff arm towards Julie. You must warn her desperately. You point one arm. Julie drops her, her hand from her eyes and glances towards you. She sees you pointing... Point, she sees your pointing finger and whirls around just in time. She grabs a teddy bear from a display and hurls it at the father. He topples over. The cardboard figures are so light that a stuffed animal can knock them down. Pile stuff on them, Julie, you think? But not out loud for some reason? She must have the same idea. She starts tossing teddy bears and stuffed pigs on the parents. She buries them in plush animals. They can't dig themselves out because they're too light again. We don't have to worry about them anymore, Julie declares. But what are we going to do about you? You're cardboard. Turn to page 96. I think the only reason we thought it was because we cannot communicate in our flattened state. Mm. Julie leans over and examines your cardboard arm. Then she peers at the glitter-covered baby. I think the glitter made you flat? She murmurs. How can we get it off? She glances round and sees the hardware department on the other side of the floor. I could get the fan and blow the glitter off with that. She tells you. Then she looks towards the toilets. Or I could try and wipe it off with a wet paper towel. Which one do you want me to try? Julie asks you. I'll say fan or paper towel and you nod for the one you want. To use a wet paper towel, turn to page 64. To use the wind from the fan, turn to page 109. There's problems with both of these as a cardboard man. Mm. Wet paper there towel. Are problems. We shall kind of shrivel up. Wind mages blow us away. I I worry more about being wetened as a cardboard man. I agree. Um, and also, there is a little extra element of... Uh, if you make something that has glitter on it or in it or near it or in the five mile radius of it wet, then um, that thing is now infused with glitter for the rest of its lifetime, which does mean it gets a plus 1% to item rarity and drop find. But true, true, true. unfortunately, it means you never get rid of that glitter. I'm going to go to 109 and be upset when it's wrong. Do it. Should I try the fan? Julie questions. You nod. I hope this works, she says as she walks off. No offense, but as a poster child, you can give me the creeps. 
Julia returns with a fan a minute later. She flips it on. Please let this work, you think. The wind from the fan blows on you, and then it blows you in the air. You're flying towards the ceiling, towards a giant, rotating ceiling fan with sharp metal blades. Flutter on to page 56. And we didn't even betray Willy Wonka. I know. We didn't even get sweet gum. <laughs> Your body flutters straight at the whirring, slicing blades of the ceiling fan. Your body flips round. How many times are you going to make me do this? Flips round against your will. You see Julie kneeling below next to the fan. The fan she has aimed at you. Her mouth hangs open in shock. You see Julie's eyes land on the ceiling fan. Yes, you think. Now she'll shut off the fan on the ground, or maybe not. The button's stuck! She shrieks up to you. Your flat body whirls towards the blades. You flip and flap into the wind and from the two fans. In fact, the wind is so strong that every speck of glitter blows off your arm. With a flush of heat, you feel your body burst back to normal again. You're a normal kid. Again. You're also as heavy as a normal kid. Again. No! You cry as you plummet to the ground, which is also, conveniently, two sharp fans. <laughs> two sharp fan mm. blades. Uh, top of the page 113. I don't think this one's going to cause any, uh, cause any structural damage to us, though. I think we're fine. I'm not worried about it. Thump! You land on a huge pile of baby sweaters. That was close! Julie declares, jogging over. That was really close. You agree. That was too close. Julie adds unnecessarily. I thought I was going to be shredded by the ceiling fan. Too close, you say, wiping beads of sweat off your face. And you almost landed on that glass display case full of silver rattles. That was really too close. Julie points out. <sighs> Let's just leave this floor, okay, Julie? You moan. I've got it. Julie lays a hand on your shoulder. You spot something on the ground, a little cellophane-wrapped package of baby booties. Hey! You cry. Look what I found! You hand them to Julie, and she puts the booties in a duffel bag. And you both step into the lift. Time to choose another floor. So it's 44, right? So that's 66. It's, uh, that was 44, so this is 66, yes. All right. Last item on the list. Hey, I just made a volcano model for school. Julie tells you. Let's go to floor six. I want to see how theirs looks. You press six. The lift groans into action. Chug, chug, creak. The lift starts making a noise as it carries you and Julie up. I don't like the way that sounds. You comment. Clang, screech. With a lurch, the lift grinds to a halt. We're stuck! Julie bursts out. The lights go out. It's pitch black in the lift. Then you hear a ghostly chuckle. D Julie, is that you? You ask nervously. No. Julie stammers. <laughs> the eerie chuckling surrounds you. <laughs> oh, is it, who's there? Uh, you call into the darkness. Oh, don't you recognize my voice? The creepy voice asks. It sounds like, could it be? Reggie? You ask. Yup. His voice replies. I've been watching your progress on the security monitors. You've been spying on us? Julie demands. Oh, it's been a riot. Reggie's laugh comes through the intercom in the lift. <laughs> uh, you ready to quit? 
No way. You snap. Start the lift back up. We're going to the sixth floor and you're not slowing us down. I'll make you a deal. I'll give you the volcano steam if you can figure out a little puzzle of mine. What are you talking about, Reggie? You challenge him. Look under the carpet. Oops. Oh, shoot. What did I do? The lights in the lift in the lift flash back on. You'll find a puzzle I left for you. Maybe we don't want to do your stupid puzzle? You retort. Yeah! Julie chimes in. And besides, I want to see the volcano model on floor six. You don't have to do my puzzle, Reggie says. You can just sit in the lift. All mine. You know what you have to do. Turn to page 86. Who is this sore guy? Sorry, I'm unfamiliar. Sorry, apologies. <laughs> <laughs> He's I... from Saw 2 as well. It's the same guy, Tobin <laughs> Bell. Oh, okay. <laughs> ah, Johnny Saw. Night. <laughs> Night, Reggie's last word echoes in the small lift. You're trapped unless you do his puzzle. <laughs> I guess we don't have much of a choice. Let's play a game or something. Julie murmurs. <laughs> Uh, you reach down and find that one of the carpet's corners is loose. Sure enough, there's a note underneath it. Reggie did a lot of planning for this bet. You remark to Julie as you unfold the note. The note reads, Solve this word fine beneath your skin. Uh, how many times can you find the word volcano? <laughs> the words can go forwards, backwards, up, down, and diagonally. Uh, with a pencil, circle every volcano. I can't. This is a computer. I could, I guess I could use my pen on my monitor that I've been using, I suppose. It's, uh, I mean, all right. Volcano, I see one. I see four so far, I'm just very quick. Venofirm. <laughs> Venofirm? <laughs> Laura. I see, uh, sodium chloride, NaCl. Oh, a little salty. I see, I see, I see. See, so uh, five so far, and I'm running out of V's that have O's next to them. Work, six. Work on. I found a six. Oh really? I, I I'll admit I've stopped looking. So as soon as uh, when I, 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 I'm almost certain it's six. All right. Well, let's go to page seventy. I feel like it's gonna be like if you found at least X. You show mm. Julie the finished word search. That's all I can find. You tell her. Can you see any I missed? Julie studies the puzzle for a minute. No, I think you got them all. Well, she's at least complicit, so. She finally replies. Reggie, we finished. Now what? You call. Hold the puzzle up to the security camera in the ceiling. I want to see how many you circled. Reggie instructs you. You stick the puzzle in front of the glass lens that peers down from the ceiling like a beady eye. No! Reggie's voice booms. No, no, no! Did I get them all? You yell. What's wrong? No! Reggie shouts uh, very uncoolly. Mm. So, all right. So let's see. 40, 46, 117. 
85. Okay. Mm. So there but I is trust. Uh, five or less gets us to 46. Volcano exactly six times is one, one seven. And then seven times or more, you're a liar. 85. Yeah, it kind of seems like that's the whole thing. You and Julie cover your ears as Reggie yells over the lips. Intercom. No! Your brows furrow. Did I get it wrong? You ask. No, you got it right. You got all six of them. I spent a long time on that puzzle. Reggie whines. I had to input the word volcano into six different pieces at wordsearch.com. I can't believe you got that right. Yes, you exclaim. Julie gives you a high five. <sighs> you won the volcano steam fair and square. Reggie grumbles. You jump when something prods you in the back. You turn to discover that a small drawer has slid out of the lift's wall. How did you... <laughs> Reggie? We're in Resident Evil world! Oh my god, there in the red velvet lined drawer sits a glass chart. Sorry, I'm also unfamiliar. Is it anything like Resident Evil 2? Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, I'm not familiar with Resident Evil 2. Is that anything familiar with Resident Evil 4? Uh, no, I don't know. The remake. I mean, quite honestly, not that much to be... Well, <laughs> sits a glass jar. Inside floats a tiny white cloud. Light shines from a bottle. It's so bright you can hardly make out the label. It reads, Volcano Steam. Cool, we got the steam. Julie slips the glowing jar into a, the duffel bag. And we didn't even have to go to the sixth floor. We'll make our one-hour deadline for sure. Good work. 99. Now... I can't remember the page. It was, was, it, was it just 77? 77, yeah. Is it possible that maybe we should still try and go to floor six? We've never gone to floor six. We've just been in the elevator the whole time. Wait, but didn't we try to go to floor six? That was 66. Yes. Is there any option that actually allows us to go to the floor? I don't think so. No, it's just a resolve of the same puzzle. All right, never mind. You're right. Let's go to six. Unless, unless we're supposed to be incorrect, but I can't imagine. No, I, I like this. Maybe this is just them bypassing a, an additional setup. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. It's legit like if we went to, if we got the number wrong, we just don't get to add the volcano steam to our inventory. Ah, so this is our extra completion. I see, I see, I see. Let's this go to 77 and see what it does in the final showdown. Am, am I alone in being curious about page 88? I don't know. We'll see. We'll probably get taken there. Right. I, I want to see 88 and I want to see 11 as well and see if the book is like, nah, you thought to go to the, the interesting. Well done. You and Julie stand in the lift studying Reggie's list. Floor 7, final showdown. It's time. You declare, pointing to the words. Are you sure? Julie asks. Yes. You answer. Do you have all the stuff we collected? Yeah, it's right here. Julie shifts the duffel bag to her other shoulder and then pats the top. Ready? You ask. Julie nods slowly, and you nod back. Yup, Julie doesn't notice that you're shaking... You're shaking... Notice your shaking hand, wow, as you push the floor seven button. This is it. The final showdown. You announce... As the lift chugs in... Oh, to action. Take a deep breath and turn to page... To... Turn to page 58... The doors open to the seventh floor. The first thing you see is uh, nothing. The entire floor is pitch black. Grab onto my jacket. You tell Julie. 
We don't want to get separated. Cautiously, you both step into the darkness. You stop short, you cock your head, and you hear something. There's no mistaking that sound. Deep, hoarse breathing right ahead of you. The breaths come in heavy, coarse grunts, and they're growing louder and closer. There's something up there with us. You whisper. Gotta find a light switch, and fast. Wait! Julie tugs your sleeve. Do we have something in the duffel bag that shines a light? Crash! Whatever it is just knocked something over, and whatever it is sounds big, and whatever it is is coming for you. Volcano steam gives off light. If you have a jar of it, turn to page 79. I mean, I can only imagine, yes. I wonder if any of them are going to be, sorry, if any of them are going to be redundant, like we didn't have to go Mm. to that floor or not. I'm curious. Irrelevant, but hey, sorry. The volcano steam. You whisper. It gives off light. Julie pulls the jar out of the duffel bag, casts an eerie white glow over the floor. There, not two meters away from you, stands a giant figure. A monster boy. A colossal hulking boy with thick muscles and strange orange skin. His head nearly scrapes the ceiling with two twisted hands hanging at his sides. His huge eyes fix on you and Julie. The dim light of the volcano steam casts a flickering shadow on his face. But you can make out his features and he looks like... Reggie? You gasp. How are you doing without that? The mutant roars. He picks up a display case filled with china dishes and hurls it out of his way as if it were an empty pizza box. And he takes a step towards you. Turn to dash to page 130. Reggie, is that really you? You ask. You and Julie back away from... Oh, back away from the hulking giant. Yes, me. Part of the curse of me feels is that at midnight I turn into a mutant. It only lasts for an hour, but it's a long hour, and I get really hungry. That's why I made this bet with you guys. Don't go to Mayfield's, then. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. He cracks his huge knuckles. They're the sides of onions. (laughs) A jolt of fear zips through your system. We gotta fight him. You whisper to Julie. He wants to eat us. You and Julie dash behind a counter, but Reggie towers high above you. He can easily spot your hiding place. His giant feet crunch over the broken glass and the carpet drooled trails from his mouth. We have the stuff we've collected. Julie murmurs to you. Maybe we can find him with something from the bag. You think about some of the stuff that you could use. Oh, if you have the poisonous perfume, you can spray Reggie on page 100. If you have the heart attack backpack, you can throw it at him on page 37. Ooh. Oh, an actual legitimate choice. An actual, factual, legitimate choice. I like both of these, frankly. I know. I'm kind of curious about both, but hey, I wouldn't even be shocked if they're both successes. Hmm. I think maybe the heart attack backpack is going to be slightly more interesting, but we also yeah. know what the heart attack, heart attack backpack does. We don't know what the poisonous perfume does, but also probably poison, right? Like, the, the, how much more interesting is it going to be than it poisons them? Yeah, unless it's like, actually, it was the antidote. You know, oh. it's I'm I can't deny that I am more curious about the heart attack backpack, although it could easily show us like, what that does. You see it. Well, we also we wait. We killed it. <laughs> but well, <gasps> whatever. 
I mean, what do you want to? That is true. The backpack was inert last we interacted with it. Do you Maybe just... we should go to the poisonous perfume. Maybe this is a trick. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's just a backpack now, theoretically. Yeah. And if it's not, I'm upset. So I want to avoid the chance of being upset. Let's go to 100 and be upset there instead. Let's do it. Get out the perfume! You tell Julie. I'm going to spray it right in Reggie's face. Julie pulls out the bottle of perfume and she hands it to you. The huge mutant Reggie lets out a roar. I'm hungry. He bellows. Quick, spray him, spray him, spray him! Julie yells. Did you do the maze and find the real poisonous perfume, or did you grab any old bottle to use up and use up most of it on termites? Huh. Turn to page 63 if you have the real stuff. If you have any old perfume, forget it and use the backpack on 37. We Ooh. have verified bona fide poisonous perfume. This ignores the possibility that we don't have the backpack, but we did grab the fake perfume. Uh, plot hole. I mean, we. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. Oh, it's irrelevant. Good but point well made. that's a hack. Oh, Cause, yeah. Because we no. I we always didn't. thought that was just go back to your backpack of items, but no, it may be just the no, saying here. Use the I, actual I, alternative no. option. I wrote it down here. Thirty-seven was use the heart attack backpack, but mm, plot hole. I mean, sixty-three. We do have the real stuff. You rip the shiny silver cap off the bottle of the poisonous perfume and aim the nozzle at Reggie's face. The perfume squirts out in a golden cloud, and Reggie screws up his screws up his face in pain. <laughs> he bellows. You can see his swollen black tongue thrashing in his mouth as he stumbles towards you, groping with his hands. We can't see where he's going, Julie whispers. Let's trip him up. Great idea, you reply. You rummage in the duffel bag. What should we use? Stick the mannequin's leg in front of Reggie on page 18. Stretch the yarn from the baby's booties across his path on 114. Mm. Um, my logic to this one is basically... Uh, we would always have the mannequin's leg. The baby booties is a bonus thing that we did. So maybe I, it's what? more likely to be rewarded. I'm convinced. I don't know. Maybe it's more likely to be rewarded. Let's see. Page 18, page 114. So let's try 114. Let's try 114. As Reggie lurches towards you, your fingers grasp the baby booties. You yank them from the bag. The tiny socks are tied together by a long piece of yarn, just long enough to trip the mutant, you hope. You toss one of the booties to Julie. Reggie lunges forward. Pull! You shout. Reggie stumbles over the yarn and then snap! The yarn breaks just like that. But it did its job because Reggie's falling. And he's falling right on top of you. Tripping Reggie was a good idea. But you should have made sure that he wouldn't fall on you. Well, I mean, you could have done that with either thing. But hey, splat! Gross! Just be glad that you didn't have to clean up the mess because squished kids are almost impossible to get out of the carpet. The end. At least it's a nice, flavorful little end there. It is. It is. I, I don't know how we were supposed to make a uh, decision there much at all, but this is okay. Yeah, because it's basically like, you did, both of these will trip him. Uh, this one just coincidentally was one that you tripped him with that uh, was not right, though. 
It did work, but yeah, it was one, not right, though. This one trips him and then kicks him away if he falls in your direction. Yeah, I don't know. Page 18 is tripping him with the mannequin leg. You frantically rifle through the duffel bag, and Reggie gropes his way towards you. Your hand lands on what you want, the battered mannequin's leg. Let's trip him with this. You show Julie the leg. Perfect. Julie replies. You stick the leg out in front of the mutant's path. And wham, Julie, Julie? Reggie trips over it. He bellows. Crash. He lands on a china display. The mutant moans and rubs his head. He struggles to sit up in the mountain of crushed teacups and plates. Nice shot. Julie laughs. Yeah, very good of you to aim him away from us. You know, the thing you only know how to do with the mannequin leg. At the yeah. sound of Julie's laughter, Reggie growls with anger. But before you can move, he jumps to his feet and grabs Julie. The gigantic monster boy raises Julie over his head. It looks as if he's going to smash her into the ground. <laughs> Help! She shrieks. Do something. Squish kids are impossible to get out of the carpet. If you have <laughs> He's going to use his finisher. If you have the scroll from the archer, use its charms on 106. If you don't have the scroll, go to 129. I mean, like, please. One, we one, got that scroll. Up. Yeah. I don't exactly remember what that scroll does. It was just it was never, the archer was like, yeah, charm. It's a magic spell. He didn't say, <sighs> but I want to do the magic spell. Let's do it. Let me go, you big creep. Julie struggles in Reggie's tight grip, but he's too strong for her. You have one last hope, the magic scroll the archer gave you. He said you would need magic for the final challenge, and you hope it works now. You dig frantically, frantically through the duffel bag, and finally your hand brushes the scroll. You grab it and rip off the fancy scarlet ribbon. Onway Hopak Minidot, you read from the cracked parchment. Berna Bunrat Rumina Chacha. Reggie freezes. He glances at you with a puzzled expression that turns to fury. No! He roars at you in anger. Quick race to page 62. Oops. 62. Cheshke, Cheshke, looka, looka, looka! <laughs> you shout, recruit, reciting the charm from the scroll. The giant mutant loses his grip on Julie. She tumbles to the ground. She jumps up unharmed and joins you. The charm's working! Julie exclaims. A powdery orange steam rises from the mutant's skin. He's shrinking! You gasp. You watch in awe as a glowing cloud of orange and white smoke surrounds Reggie completely. A minute later, out from the cloud of smoke steps the normal, regular Reggie. He's kid-sized again. You saved me! Reggie dashes over to you and Julie. He throws his arms round you both. You... Did it! You broke the curse of the Mayfields! Thank you! Thank you! When Reggie's dad finds out that you and Julie broke the curse on his department store, he's really grateful. So grateful, in fact, that he lets you go on a major shopping spree. Your fortune, your fortune, good things are in store for you. The end. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Let's so, go. Let me clarify. Yeah. Does it still count as a shopping spree if you have to pay? Like, if you don't have to pay? Because if you have to pay, mm. then all he's done is like, Oh, you saved my store. All right, buddy, you can buy anything you want. At 100%. 
I think that the implication is it's a free shopping spree. Okay, well but, then I'm absolutely trundling through there with like oh, yeah. multiple different trolleys just pushing mm -hmm. things off of walls. I have no... I, I, I will be ill-composed with this because his kid almost ate us in a store yeah. that the kid was threatening to keep us. I, yeah. He's lucky I don't sue the store directly out of him. Yeah, at, at that point, it's not like, a, oh, I, you know, I'll just fill up the cart a little. Like, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Go to Best Buy, mm. do the thing, put the arms out while walking down the aisle and have them kind of all the products waterfall into the cart in the middle. Just, yep. of course. Uh, this is unrepentant. I'm taking every towel the store has. I'm taking 17 back scratches. I'm going to make sure that I have postcards for every location in the world to send to no one. I don't care. I need it not to be yep. the store's more than it needs to be mine. <laughs> it's, it's not about having things. It's about taking things. It's about sending a message and saying, wish you were here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say I did the due diligence uh, of checking sure. page 88 and 11 and first of all mm. we already did go to 11 and that was a perfume pop 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 page oh. and 88 was nothing relevant so nothing no cheeky cheeky things there but I, I enjoyed it I kind of like the culmination element so uh, baby booties were relevant um, mm, yeah the backpack was not relevant. Uh, well, mm, I guess the most relevance the backpack had was that it effectively told us that we should go to floor five, which then guaranteed that we had not just That's the true. arrow, but also the charm. That's true. The arrow, but also wait, we could have done that without the The arrow was not, place, so. the arrow wasn't needed in the final fight. No, the charm was. But the charm the was, was the yeah. Backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, you know what? Can we do one extra due diligence and just see what if we threw the lifeless backpack at this man? I want to know what it would do. Okay, that was. Oh god. Well, best of luck on this one, buddy. No, not one twenty. That is part of the story of the backpack, admittedly. Uh, not a hundred. Maybe uh, we should just go to seventy-seven and move forward from there. You know what? That's pretty logical. 77, 58. Mm-hmm. Volcano steam gives off light. We go to uh, 79 as a result of that. 79. We One. dash over to 130. Very quickly. Uh, 37, that's what it was. Yes. Okay. Should I just, like, go through to uh, see One ahead of this. Now a few back. Wait, what? It's a policeman mannequin? Wait, what did I miss? Uh, 37 is the one we're looking for. Oh, 37. Yes. Oh. Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you know what? Uh, would you like to perform this page? Sure. 37. I will... Give me the heart attack backpack. You ordered Julie. Maybe they'll choke him? Julie tries to fish the backpack out of the duffel bag, but she can't seem to it get it. It grabbed my hands. Oh. She wails. Help me. So it is working. It's alive. But your hand, you dig into the duffel bag, but your hands are gripped by the heart attack backpack somehow. You're stuck, just like Julie. 
What are we gonna do? Julie whimpers. I'm getting hungrier. Reggie screams as he stops closer. Hide! You shriek. With your hands still stuck in the heart attack backpack, you and Julie manage to stumble out from behind the counter. Together, you scurry behind the another display. Now what? Julie whispers. We have two choices. You figure. If we can survive until one in the morning, we're safe. That's when Reggie turns normal. That's a big if. Julie comments. You're not going to like the other choice either. You warn her. That's to fight him. Great. Julie moans. You decide. Those are choices are awful. You heard her. Choose to hold out until 1 a.m. 97 to battle against the giant boy 29. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so it looks like there's an alternative end path based for, on uh, utilizing that at the start instead. Oh. Well. <laughs> huh. Interesting. Uh, so, like, you can hold it. Gotcha. We Okay, so I'll say we clearly got the better end from just flipping through these. It looks like, yeah, just waiting out the clock, we can, and he goes back to normal, and it says... The end, right? Question mark. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Except we know that this kid chose to invite us to here in normal, non-monster form, That's so true. that the monster him could eat us. So all we know is we can never trust Reggie again. That is true. Friendship ended with Reggie. Literally anyone else is my new best friend. Uh huh. Um. Bad the pal. archer, the mannequin that I stole oh, the leg of, any yeah. one of them. Uh, real talk, I would love to be friends with the archer. I love that oh, guy yeah. with all my heart. Uh, but it I seemed cool as hell. I enjoyed this. I like I like the kind of checklist nature of it into the sort of yeah. the gang's all here final fight of like going through your list of items. I think it was kind of mm -hmm. interesting, especially especially because not all of them were necessary. But mm -hmm. you know, if we weren't going for a completionist route. Uh, it would be maybe like annoying to be like, oh, we'll hear right now. Okay, we didn't get everything. All right, go back, go back, go back. But uh, it was nice, and it didn't clock in as as too absurdly long. Even going for every single thing is relatively fine length, regardless. Very, just, very true. I enjoyed it. That's all. I, I think like we we are definitely getting more towards the kinds of things that I was going to be like particularly excited about. Right, having like a quote unquote inventory. Um, but this one is just one degree removed from ultimately the platonic ideal for me, or the rhapsodic ideal I imagine it would be in this instance, which mm -hmm. is that it has all of this inventory, but also instead of having a, a middle section that's effectively like six different paths, you can do them all at the same time. And then there is some implied continuity between them, like you're know, having to get the arrow in order to go and get the backpack off, that kind of thing. Uh, if that was a decision that you could guide via a puzzle, so if there was a little bit of a push towards like knowing, oh, maybe I should go to six yeah. first, that actually seems like a good idea. Like if there was just that last little bit, yeah. I would be 1000% satisfied. But as it stands, yeah. I'm 999.9. 9. I, I think when we're what finished up with give yourself goosebumps and we move on to maybe a next thing, maybe that's gonna be uh, something we we get there. Uh, or mm. ultimately, it could potentially be part of the, like, what do they call them? 
the special edition give yourself goosebumps the one that are yes. more like a game book i think that those uh will be more uh more like that i would assume but oh, i'm so looking forward to them either way uh final little notes uh, speaking of those special editions, we are missing a couple copies. So if you or someone you know has or knows where to find some special editions, uh, number two, Return to Terror Tower, number six, Revenge of the Body Squeezers, number eight, Weekend at Poison Lake, we are missing the ability to to read those currently. Uh, if there's like a, you know, a scan somewhere or if somebody else can scan, that'd be wonderful. We obviously give you a shout out. We'd be super appreciative. Everything. Um, those are ones we're missing for that. And for the original series, I'll just say the numbers we're missing. Number 36 or sorry, number 35, number 36, 38, 40 and 42. Those are ones where when we get to them, we do not have the ability to record them quite yet. Um, so we'll have to figure out what happens when we get closer. But if you have any leads, do let us know. Uh, turn to pagecast at gmail.com is the best way to reach out for that. Uh, but yeah. Anything else you want to shout out? Uh, not not in particular. I'm gonna I'm gonna put uh, mentioning the <laughs> I was about to put the move on cooldown by discussing that I was going to put the move on cooldown for three weeks, but fine. I will instead just say, hey, look, I, I do I do like like narration commentary and voices and things for a series called Shadows Over Loathing uh, on YouTube, which is really, really good fun, really, really good vibes. And if you like this book and you like this podcast, I can only imagine you will like that series. So you can find that over at youtube.com slash all right bada bing bada boom and just so i get to plug something again i'm gonna plug the reviews for this so spotify etc etc if you're listening on any of those platforms leave a review if you are enjoying the podcast uh if you are not you know subscribed to our youtube channel yet consider doing that youtube.com slash at turn to page cast go consider subscribing over there to help with you know getting monetization set up stuff like that and if you're over there likes and comments are obviously wonderful that's how uh the algorithm works on that one so alas that is that that's gonna do it here for today and we will see you next time Bye. Bye.